a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday, it's four o'clock, it is Short Fuse. What a week it's been. Hello, welcome, hope you are all well, particularly certain people who've been in hospital, but we'll come to that a little bit later. Ah, I heard there's a lot of itching going on for a certain person out there. We have some cream for you, don't worry about it. Big shout out this week to... Our Prime Minister, yes. She decided to get rid of a whole bunch of Ruskies, yes, because they put some nerve gas into Salisbury, near the Sainsbury's, boo. And then what will happen is, there is an energy link. Could it be that the Ruskies will cut off our gas? <gasps> we shall find out next week's short fuse. Anyway, there you go. That was the uh, bit that I wanted to do. Uh, lots of rumours that Russia will retaliate against us by cutting off our gas. But good old Trumpy, he will pass us a huge boat full of shale gas. So don't worry about it. All right, moving on. Let's do our story of the week. And once again, it's all about the big six. This time it's SSE boss APD, Mr. Alistair Phillips Davis, who has basically said that um, the big six, well, all energy companies, not just the big six, should have a right to appeal on the price cap. We've heard about this price cap for ages, uh, the price cap on standard variable, uh, variable tariffs. Uh, they say that basically he's saying this, we need some clarity on, on this. They don't want the price cap. None of the energy companies want this. And they said that actually, since the cap has been introduced, which is not true because it's not actually been introduced anywhere near right now, but you can see what they're saying. Since the publicity came out, since the government said they were doing it, uh, switching has decreased, which sounds slightly counterintuitive when we had a report just a couple of days ago or a week ago talking about switching going up. But anyway, the essence of it is they are saying that this has been a rushed piece of legislation that isn't fair. And I have some sympathy with Mr. Phillips Davis and the other companies, because if you look at it, the whole issue of a price cap is one where you're saying we as a government, it's the government proposing it, we will legislate on a market that is supposed to be a market, i.e. you and I buy goods depending on the price. And we go somewhere because they're cheaper or we don't go somewhere because they're more expensive. So we make the choice by saying you're going to set a set price. Well, that leaves you a valuation change because companies work by saying some tariffs are a bit more expensive. Some tariffs are cheaper. We try and get deals. That's how everything works. You go to any shop, you're not going to get everything the same price, are you? Things have different prices. And if everything was the same price, then everyone had the same thing. There would be no choice in the matter. So Alistair Phillips Davis, and I assume he's speaking on behalf of some of the big six bosses, say that they should have a right to appeal on this. And I have got quite a lot of sympathy on that because I think this is a rush piece of legislation that won't really work. Now, we're miles off this happening. Whatever we've heard over the last few weeks, even like uh, a week and a half ago when Ofjo said it'll happen by the end of the year, we haven't had this legislation even passed through yet. OK, so it hasn't been read in the House and gone through the system of parliamentary scrutiny. If it happens, then the price cap happens at the end of the year. But I'm pretty certain that the, uh, the big energy companies will get a chance to get their voices heard. Moving on, another story based on the same thing, this by Labour. So Labour basically said, remember, uh, what was it, 2015, I think? Um, uh, what was his name? The older Labour leader, Miliband, Ed Miliband. He proposed, and everyone laughed, but it was his big idea, let's have an energy price cap. Well, Labour have said that if energy prices 
had been capped since the Tories came to power. Remember, they came to power as part of the coalition back in 2010. We would have saved, all of us, an extra grand. We paid a grand more. So they're saying we paid about £957 extra in that time on our uh, energy bills. Uh, 526 uh, on gas and 430-odd on electric. Uh, they've worked out the prices based on how much things have risen since 2010 and then they've averaged it out. They basically said the Tories have been inactive because they're in bed with the big six companies and that Labour's idea of introducing publicly owned utilities would change all of this. And also they're saying, hurrah, the Tories are listening to us because they're introducing the pace camp. Now, this is all very well for Labour to say, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, you could have uh, saved ourselves this money. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Wouldn't it be great that we could keep everything at the prices there were? I remember when petrol was 40p a litre. OK, that was before George was born. Right. But that is, you know, you don't things like that don't happen. So you can't say if this had happened, we would not have this price ride because the fact is the market has been, as I keep going back to it, a market. So unless you completely nationalize everything and you have a regulated market, these sort of statements about how much money you could have saved are pretty much pointless. You could say, yes, Labour will make a stand and say, <clears throat> as they're saying, we will take these big suppliers out and we will make sure that it's all publicly funded and then you could have a set price but to say oh it could have cost you this much if there'd been a price cap well no one was talking about price cap in 2010 labor were not talking about price cap in 2010 so i think this is a bit hot here uh finally in this section uh, a little bit more about money but lamp posts oh yes smart lamp posts so um Smart lampposts could save Europe, the continent of Europe, about 2 billion euros, so about 1.8 billion pounds. Um, this is from the EU Sharing Cities programme. They've looked at it and they basically said a smart lamppost could save around about 70% energy uh, on, a, on a standard one. And that, if you put that across Europe, that's about, you know, the 3 billion pound euro um, bill on street lighting would go down to something like 900 million. What is a smart lamppost? Well, obviously, a smart lamppost is one that is smart. It knows when to turn on, when to turn off. It's probably got an LED light. It may have other functions. It may provide a charging point, all of this stuff. So this is all good stuff, but we're a hell of a long way from investing in these things. So these savings sounds great, but uh, you've got to build the things, guys. So you've got to replace all the lampposts across Europe. Now, unless there's a very cheap way of um, retrofitting it, I think that could be a little bit difficult. Right, that's it for stories in this section. There'll be more uh, with the reporters a bit later. But now, this week's Viewpoint. Now, this is an interesting one. So, um, the UN this week has said that there should be a new environmental rights initiative. Well, what does that mean? That means defending the right of people to protest about environmental claims. You know, protesting is absolutely vital. You know, it's part of what makes a civilized society work and people should protest about what they feel is wrong particularly on the environment as it affects us all so global witness which is a, a pressure group a, an ngo uh, i'm not sure about these figures but it sounds absolutely shocking but they say globally on average four environmental campaigners are killed each week now just think about it. four people are being killed every week according to this group because they're protesting about our planet. Now, if that stat is correct, that's bloody shocking full stop. But more importantly, what does that say? It says that actually you've got a 
100 nations that have in their charter the right for environmental rights protests. Well, clearly something's going wrong if people are being, uh, whether they're being jailed, beaten up, tortured, who knows, and, you know, obviously, as they're saying, actually killed in the rights of doing what should be everyone's right. You know, whether you're sitting in India, whether you're sitting in Dagenham, where you're sitting, you know, in the Arctic, who cares? If you feel there's an environmental issue, you should be able to protest against it. So the head of the UN uh, Environment uh, Group said that there should be a charter, like we have the UN Charter on Human Rights, we should have a charter on environmental rights. And who would not agree with that? You know, they, they, he basically says that people should be, you know, protected for those who are standing by, um, you know, protecting the planet. We give lip service to it here because we know that we've covered so many protests. You know, let's hope, I'm pretty certain, no one's going to get absolutely murdered in this country for going out with a banner against fracking or cleaning up landfill or doing anything like that. But there are parts of the world where that is a serious issue, same as it is around the freedom for journalists and the freedom for people to protest in general. So I don't know about UN charters. Who knows? People say that the UN has done a lot of good, probably has, but also there's a lot of issues around whether these things actually are just lip service. But getting the environment protected, allowing people to be protected who are going out there and protesting. Well, who would not say that that's a good thing? So, any thoughts on that, then let me know. Just email us, you know what to do. You've got the usual hashtags. And now, finally, a bit of class comes to the show. It's this week's Hack Hutch. Um, so tell me what you've been doing. Um, well, busy Apart from writing notes on post-its. Um, apart from that, I'm going to Paris this weekend. Hey, you never told me this. Yeah, that's why I got the Monday off. Ah, have you? Yes, I have the Monday yeah. off. What are you doing in Paris? It's in the diary. I'm going to my friend's civil partnership celebration. Nice. Although it's husband and wife. Uh, I mean, although it's man and woman. Because I thought it's usually civil partnerships yes. is between the same sex. Yes. Um, but apparently in France, you call it civil partnership. So it which means is getting married without being married. Yeah, exactly. Damn good idea. <laughs> anyway, that's good. Yeah, shut up, George. Well, too right. late for you now. Yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> Enough. Right, so tell me more. What's going on? Okay, so this week, uh, if you didn't already read our story, uh, we had the spring statement. So it was the first spring statement, um, which we're going to have uh, from now on. So there'll be only one budget every year, the autumn budget. And that's because the Chancellor said uh, that's to give certainty to businesses and householders to plan ahead. So um, what he said was uh, he announced a consultation on tax charges for plastic for single-use plastic. What a surprise. So we've got lots of stories around plastic mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, so money raised from this will be used to invest in other greener products and processes right. um, across the country. Um, but prior to that being uh, implemented, uh, he's committed 20 million pounds for universities and businesses to come up with new ideas to tackle this issue. Uh, and he also said that um, there, will be, uh, there will be a consultation in the near future on reduced tax rates for uh, businesses who switch to uh, greener vans, so el electric vans rather than... Okay, well, that's an interesting ones. one for our audience, definitely. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on for that. Uh, next one is about this new research, so about bottled water containing okay. thousands of particles. Have we got any bottled water? So, in this office, oh, yeah. right, 
We have had a big debate this week about people drinking plastic bottles, right? And I've always said it's really bad for you. And Pre, yeah, we won't advertise the brand, but basically, you know what? There are other brands. There are other brands. You drink out of these things, you keep them for ages, don't you? Yep. Right. And so does George, because that's from his table. There you go. So, <laughs> but what have you found out this week about but how dangerous things are? Apparently, they contain thousands of plastic particles. Yes. yes. What I've been saying for ages. Huh? You haven't said that. Um, Johnny, bring me your, your uh, water thing. Yeah, keep going. Doesn't so this, this, uh, this research tested 250 bottles yeah. across 11 brands and found there were thousands of plastic within the, Look, within the bottle. Old school. Yeah, I've got one of those at home. Yeah. But you, I told you about those bottles. You I didn't know. believe me. You said, like, oh, it doesn't happen. Now... It's not I didn't believe you. It's just the research has so confirmed So how much plastic have you ingested over the years? Oh, I have it? no idea. A couple of I'm Lego bricks worth. I've just got a few years now. So what have they said then? Uh, so they said thousands of plastic particles yep. um, and 93% uh, were contaminated with traces of plastic like nylon and polyethylene. O-M-G, 93%. Uh, and overall, the particles are roughly twice as many as that you find in tap water. There you go. Which is pretty interesting. There but, but on that note, we just ran a story today. Uh, if you haven't already seen it, it's on energylivenews.com. Uh, about uh, another researcher who's kind of against, the, not particularly against, but he says that while this research suggests that there's a lot of particles yeah. within the plastic bottles, he yeah. says there's actually uh, these particles everywhere around us. So he says it's actually, you actually have more particles yeah. in a glass of water that you get out of your cupboard and you're walking around your office drinking that water than the plastic bottles. So for a second opinion, head on over to our website to have Just a look at the I story. Just when I thought the world was clear, there was some clarity. I still believe tap water is the best. So there you go. Anyway, all right, in a glass. Anyway. Uh, next up is yes. the um, inquiry on air quality from four departments across Brilliant. the Brilliant. So we've got committees. water that's poisoning us and now the air is killing us. Air quality us. is killing us and right. it's poisonous according to the committees. Right. Um, so basically it's... cheerful stories. <laughs> Um, maybe a cheerful one next, depending okay, on which sector you're yeah, okay, in. Yeah, go on. Um, so what the, go uh, what the committees have said is that uh, the government is, uh, have accused the government of treating air quality as just a box-ticking box exercise. Right. Um, and they've slammed the government for not protecting the public enough um, from all the poisonous air, because, you know, the mm -hmm. EU... Particulates and everything. Yeah, the, the Parliament, EU, um, the EU Commission... Uh, did tell the UK that we are over our limits, mm -hmm. um, the legal limits, and London also reached its legal limits within the first week or so um, this year. Nice clean air uh, in this town. And what they've said is that this has led to 40,000 early deaths. Flipping heck. And it cost us £20 billion. Pounds. So that's a lot of money. Uh, so what they've suggested is uh, the 2040 ban on yeah. uh, polluting cars and vehicles. Yeah. So they said the government should bring that forward. Uh, the transport uh, sector should also contribute to a clean air fund, <laughs> right. which is interesting. And also a national health campaign, they say, that should be uh, brought forward to basically just um, give, give more information to the public. Okay. Um, and Bay said, or the, uh, the government said that uh, their comprehensive air quality plan will be out later this year uh, and they'll be responding to the committees in due course. Okay. And you've got Finally, one more, have you? Yes. Um, I don't know. It depends where, which sector you're in. So this is about Statoil getting rid of oil from his name. So it's rebranding 
and getting rid of oil. I know we okay. had that with Dong Energy. Yeah, we've had that with so Dong. So Dong changed to Ersted earlier this year. Yeah. So now uh, next in line Stat is Stat Oil. So it wants to broaden its energy reach okay. from just oil and gas production. So what's it going to be called? It's called Equinor or Equinor. I don't know how you say it. Why are they coming up with these So names? the EQU yes. um, I is basically stands for equal, equality, equilibrium. Okay. Uh, the NOR, N-O-R, stands for its Nor uh, Norwegian origin. Okay, so, all right, I do get is, that one. Which is quite, okay. yeah, equal which Norway. makes sense. Yeah. Nice, all right. Um, and it has pledged to invest between 15 to 20% of its uh, budget in new clean technologies by 2035. So there you go. Soon we'll so, have no British Petroleum. Well, BP is BP, isn't it? We'll have no companies with anyone. Any name oil, like. gas in it. Okay, excellent. Okay. Anything else? Uh, finally, if you have any stories for us, energy efficiency, energy savings, send it over to stories at energylivenews.com. She won't be listening, but Johnny will because he's going to have to do some work on Monday. Aren't you, Jonas? I'm going to be away. Yeah, there you go. I hope you all have a lovely weekend. She will. <laughs> yes. Excellent. That's very good. Very good. Right. Okay. So uh, before that, let's get on with some dates for your diary. So dates for your diary. Uh, we have, and I'll talk about uh, Elk in a moment as well. Uh, March 22nd, the Energy Live Consultancy Conference, which is taking place in Manchester. We'll all be up there. June the 7th is, of course, Energy Live Future, which is at the Siemens Crystal. And June the 28th is Telka. Moving on. This is our and finally, well, it's not actually our absolutely our and finally because there's one more last thing, but look at this. Elon Musk, he's at it again. So he's launched something called The Boring Company. <laughs> and what it is, is a company that will bore tunnels because you know that he's been going on about tunnels and that's the future of transport. And then he says in a bit where he goes, you know what, I wanted people to build it and no one did, so I'm going to build it myself. So he's now investing in building some tunnels where you have underground buses and they pop up and everything like that. Sounds bonkers, but hey, you know what? If a man can put a Tesla into space, maybe he well can build us a few tunnels. Well, that's about it, except for this announcement about next week. We're not here on Fridays. Oh no. Next week, we are going to be live from the Energy Live Consultancy Conference on Thursday. So Thursday at four o'clock, please tune in then Thursday at four o'clock. The reason is that we're going to be there. Most of us are there for the whole uh, day. We'll also be doing interviews with the brokers there. We'll have a, a session all about Kevin Corcoran's health. We'll have lots going on there. So tune in for a extended version of Short Fuse next Thursday. And then the Thursday after that, we'll also be uh, doing it because it's Good Friday and it'll be the last show with George. Oy! So we'll be having George doing things. What? We'll be having him doing things for the last three minutes of the show. So really, uh, you won't want to miss that. So next Thursday at four o'clock, the following Thursday at four o'clock. Until then, to everyone, have a great week.